2: you're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily
4: Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs and this is the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show and uh, we were joined by Paul Breen Turner over in Spain who's been in lockdown on his boat and he the full extent of his lockdown was uh, was yeah shocking really as he he will explain there some light of yeah interesting well.
5: too and and also yeah. a little bit uplifting because there's there's some hope over in Spain now so uh, tony way uh, came on and the, the actors in uh, afterlife with ricky Gervais. Yeah. Uh, that was a good chat he's a big football yeah. fan as well uh, we were, we revisited nice on our tour during euro 2016 we had a bit of fox chat i've written down i can't even remember what that is. Yes, the fox <laughs> but, chat
4: yeah, and, exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, we <laughs> we had a couple of chats. Uh, yeah. We talked about uh, wood pigeons as well. I mean, there seems to be a lot of animals in it, but uh, we we did along the way. <laughs> it's true. And uh, I think so that's yeah, about it isn't it. And don't ask that me. That is about it. Yeah, oh yeah. Don't, don't ask me. me. Here it all is. <laughs> afternoon we're coming to you live once again in what glenn would call the uh, lockdown living room scenario situation
5: <laughs> coming up over the next three hours we'll tentive, t- t- uh, tentatively the, yeah, yeah, I tentatively I tentatively that. try
4: and master the word tentative
5: <laughs> yeah it's great isn't it we'll tentatively discuss a return to sport with among others andy Brassel and rupert bell Motti joins us to look at some of the big stories of the day and two legendary cricketers offspring play us their new nhs charity song
4: it's looking increasingly bleak for the Lettersford town manager Steve Barnes in Steve Bruce's seminal It" Striker. And we relive a long-forgotten goalkeeping howler from 1974.
5: <laughs> it's all this. Plus actor Tony Way on the return of Ricky Gervais' Afterlife to Netflix. And staying with
4: TV, Mike Ward has the best of tonight's viewing. He sure does. Uh, what's the time? It is eight <laughs> minutes past... What the day, really? What's the day? No, it is Monday. <laughs> what's and going eight, on? <laughs> eight minutes past one. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good
5: afternoon, Paul. And I gather you watched a bit of old football on the weekend.
4: Well, I did. I just, I've, I've, it's become a bit of, I've been waking up quite early at the weekends. And so I woke up yesterday morning and I thought, you know what, I'll do a bit of a deep dive on an old big match. Because it often turns up something that's got legs, even though it happened in 1974. 8th of December, 1974. Um, yes. The quality of banners, we were talking about the late great Norman Hunter last week and the Norman Bite Your Legs banner of the 72. Banners were a lot more inventive. They weren't quite as spectacular looking. They didn't cover the whole end the way they did. They were normally done mm. with kind of black paint on a, on a bed sheet. But they they were kind of pithy <laughs> and clever. And they showed the <laughs> Wolves fans in this, prepare to meet thy doog was one at the Wolves games, which I thought was very Derek Dugan. <laughs> so they were a bit more inventive yeah. and they're quite clever. Uh, this the main game was Spurs Newcastle. Uh, a game I was almost certainly at and I was actually looking for myself. Because at that period I used to stand up <laughs> by the corner flag and there was a kind of kid with long blonde hair and a parker on, but In I your don't parka, think it was yeah. me. No, I was I was a bit I was about thirteen at this point, so I, I think um, I don't think it was me. But it was an interesting game. The first thing I noticed was 23,000 there, which was poor, a poor... Time. I mean, Tottenham were having a stinking season. It was the one that ended with them needing to beat Leeds uh, on the last day of the season, uh, effectively, to uh, to stay up. And uh, Leeds couldn't be bothered, really. Everything was sorted for them, so they, they took their foot off the gas. And this, I think it was a story at the time suggesting... I, don't, I think there was a, a bit of a hefty tackle or... Somebody nutmeg someone else. And Billy Bremner, I think, said to Steve Perriman, I may have got the personnel wrong, said, yeah, no more of that, please, Steve. Tell your boys, otherwise we'll start trying. So <laughs> it was <laughs> that kind point. of game. But 23,000, <laughs> not a great crowd because, you know, so not fought with the rafters. Uh, plus, uh, Newcastle were wearing what Brian Moore called a faded yellow uh, shirt and light blue shorts. And it was. It was like a nothing yellow shirt. I don't know why they wore it. It was probably short-lived. It was the debuts of Neil McNabb. I remember that show. Yeah, Hmm. Neil McNabb on a very good career at uh, City as as well as at Spurs and other clubs. And a goalkeeper called Tony Bell. Um, And uh, he was a young lad from uh, the North East playing his first ever game. And uh, he let in a quite spectacular goal. Now, within the context of the game, he made some good Hmm. saves. Yeah. One very good, say from a John Duncan header, he pushed over. He, he looked obviously he was clearly <laughs> a good keeper, but he yeah, caught. This, I feel for him. But he he, he caught the ball and yeah. fell over, and then sort of banged his head, and it knocked it out of his hands, and it rolled in oh the net. Dear. It was a Cyril Knowles yeah. cross. It was it, incredible. I saw it. You sent me the, yeah, the goal. Yeah, so it's, I just, ludicrous. its not on YouTube. Yeah. I just recorded it off my telly, and we've put it on at TSH If you want to go and check it out, and hmm. I did feel for him because you know a bit like that, that conversation we had the other week when we talked about Bristol. Uh, Sydney, um, you wonder what happens to these players. And I, Paul Cheesley, was it? Paul Cheesley, yeah, well done. That's why we're doing. Don't ask me later. Great memory, uh, a <laughs> yeah, player who never played again in the first division <laughs> after he broke his leg a few days after scoring against Arsenal on the yeah. first day of the season. Same sort of thing, Tony Bell. I mean, I'm interested to know. I mean, Tony would be. About 64-65 now. He didn't
5: go in the ice cream business, did he? Well, I was there thinking you know. that. No, he didn't become <laughs> spelt differently. It's with a Y. Okay. But, of course um, it is. <laughs> he,
4: did, uh, he never played in the first division again. He had one Texaco Cup match after that moment. And uh, and, and he played that one game for Newcastle, which I think they lost was it 3-1 uh, on the day. Or 3-0 it was in the end. But um, but anyway, if, if anybody knows of Tony's whereabouts... Uh, we'd love to chat to him if at all possible, uh, because I, I thought he made some good saves in that save. I thought he was a bit hard done by, but uh, he may not want to relive a terrible howler from 1974. <laughs> <laughs> but for, st- for some strange reason, on a thing called it's 46, I know, I know. <laughs> he's over it. If he's still not over it, yeah, this is okay. ridiculous. But suddenly, there's yeah. this, there was, I looked him up on on on. Uh, Google, and there was this thing called the Footballzone.co.uk, and they had a lot of short questionnaire with him for no apparent reason whatsoever. He was born in North Shields. He was five foot eleven and three quarters. He had hazel eyes, brown hair, a Cortina XL. He liked golf and bird watching. That's all it says. Uh, that there were his interests at the time. Uh, the other thing I noticed from it, Andy, was that referees in those days, they always had not just the black socks, but that big, thick white band of sock that they turned over. It was a trademark mm. of the officials, it was almost an extra half a sock of white band. <laughs> Chunky it cards. It's obviously a thing they used to uh, used to do. Um, there was also a player in the Newcastle side called Kinnell, which I thought was an accident waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> he started shouting his name out. He started shouting That's his name good. out, and you get thrown out of the ground for swearing, so that was always a little bit dangerous. But it was, I mean, it was Frank Clark, Clark f- was captain. unfortunate name. Great oh, yeah. chivers and Ralph Coates' hair—it's maddest, very, very long, but with a comb over. So when it's got, when it was wet and windy, it would just fly about like a cockatoo. It was fantastic. <laughs> Ralph Coates' hair flying in the wind. Ralph bin. Coates. Uh, then we had uh, we had a, a game um, Manchester United. Then in Division Two, of course, were, uh, it was a four-all draw. Quite a memorable game in the Second Division against Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> But we're going to talk about football hooliganism later on because Brian Moore said at the top of this, Motti's going to join us. And we forget in the 70s and 80s just how bad it was and how bad it got. Brian Moore said the weekend dominated again by acts of fan violence all, all over the country. And so United fans ran on the pitch attempting to get the game abandoned because it was at that stage where fans thought, oh, yeah, we'll just invade the pitch. They'll have to call the game off. <laughs> and on come the police horses. And it was just an era when people thought they could get away with that. So there we are. Uh, that, that's effectively – that's, that's – that was an hour of my life. Uh, I actually quite enjoyed because Spurs <laughs> won for a change. And it's good to see the late, great Cyril Knowles as a guest in the studio with Brian Moore being quite soul-searching interview where he says, I didn't take football seriously enough. I used to just kind of go out there and just turn yeah. it on. But I look at players, he said, like Norman Hunter and Bobby Moore, and I want to be more consistent now. He says,
5: so have you yeah. noticed though also that highlights in those days were longer because they didn't have as many games to get in? So they'd show in a highlight pack. I've watched a few of those old big matches, and yeah, often you think, Well, what, what have they shown that for? It's like the ball just run out for a goal kick or something. So you never put in a highlights package now, but you do get all that stuff because they had, they had to fill it out. It was almost like a yeah. mini match
4: that's right it was uh, it, it, they are kind of real sort of time capsules these games in a, in a lot of ways the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport a lot of the Olympic athletes of course are struggling for funds and struggling for
5: money so there was a piece in the Sunday Mirror yesterday about them uh, offering online tuition uh, Adam Peaty uh, is holding uh, sort of uh, situations and uh, what's this he's, he's holding Japanese situations old, is he no he's holding a £229 <laughs> a child tuition when lockdown lifts I don't know that's a very Strange thing to do. What, make. swimming?
4: Kath- He's giving yeah. online swimming <laughs> lessons. <laughs> well, no, you I, said Adam those-
5: No, I didn't write this article. This is a load of nonsense. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. See, I could read it out to you. It doesn't make any sense at all. But uh, Catherine Cope, a lot of them are just doing online stuff now. Uh, Ed Clancy is running cycling skills classes for £6.50 a session. Um, but this one fascinated me. Um, Chinese. Olympic sailing champion who's based in the UK, Jules Ligier, who uh, won gold in 2012, is charging £25 pound an hour for sort of sailing lessons. You think, well, how can you have, you can't really do much in your own house?
4: Sailing lessons on indoors. A
5: houseboat. <laughs> it doesn't seem,
4: doesn't seem ideal, really. I think we've got Rupert but, uh, back, I'm told. Is this oh, right? Oh, good. Uh, hello. <laughs> You could, be, yeah, I could hello. see you could do that. You could right. do, um, you could give away, uh, you could or maybe sell dressage lessons, uh, lessons for about twenty-five quid a pop, couldn't you, Rupert? Online, that's a, it's a perfect way to learn uh, dressage, I would think, uh, over the over the <laughs> over the internet. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> like give up. Again. We got an alo from him. I think we'll leave it there. <clears throat> we'll quit while we're ahead. Belgian.
5: Belgian bobsledder Effie uh, Williamson is charging £14 for a 60-minute workout session, followed by a 30-minute Q&A. So I suppose, look, it's quite enterprising for these athletes to do that, and they've got to yeah. do something.
4: I mean, a bobsleigh workout uh, or a workout by a bobsleigh star, fine. But as I said, sailing, Andy, that seems a bit of a tough one to, uh, <laughs> to do. Completely ridiculous. From, you can just sort of throw it. be a bit like, remember, Voyage <laughs> to the Bottom of the Sea. You can just throw yourself from one side of the room to the other. Oh, it's a bit choppy today. You can do a bit of that. You could throw, throw up in a bucket, Phone you, move your phone yeah, about you a little do. bit. There are options. Why not? We did have something I wanted to ask the listeners. You saw a story today, so did I, about a guy called Mike Aldred. He won a £60,000 Volvo the first time he entered a spot-the-ball yes. competition. But he can't drive. So I thought, well, why would you enter yeah. a competition with a prize? Why bother? <laughs> is, I mean, I suppose you can sell it. But still, it's odd. Of all the competitions you could enter, you enter one when you have mm. you can't drive a car. So, uh, yes. And if you're good at spot-the-ball, there are other
5: spot-the-ball-for-money competitions that you know, Mike might have had a go at that would be better. Because it's incredibly
4: difficult to win spot-the-ball. Oh, yeah. I think we have got Rupert back. He's, 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 he's oh, coming, God, have we? He's coming yeah. on a different I'll line, things. Hello, Rupert. You're, the technology is holding up well today, isn't it?
6: Uh, yeah, all okay. going well. I, I, your excitement to have me back there, Andy, was just palpable. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 felt, I felt your sense of joy there of having me back. Thank you very much, Andy. I, I, I really. No, it's, it's nothing there.
5: personal. It's not personal, Rupert. It's the fact that you came, you went, so I had to fill in. Then you came back and went, so I had to fill in again. So I'm just getting a rhythm going, and then you're back again. So you're wrecking my material,
4: but I don't mind.
5: (laughs) Sorry about that, Andy.
4: No problem. Now now we're going to play you a bit of music now. Do you want to hear a bit of music from one of your players?
6: Uh, Yes, please.
4: Oh, here we go, then. (laughs) Yes, I think (laughs)
6: it's...
4: Do you like that, Rupert?
6: Well, I, I, I've got courts at the top of my playlist. Not.
4: Oh, okay. oh come on! It's, it's, <laughs> this, is, this is Courtney House, isn't it? One of your, one of your yeah, own. Yeah.
6: Well, yes, and he's—he's he's had it. He says he's well. He has been a, a musician. He likes it as his way of form of relaxation. And he he did some work with some other players a couple of years back. And he worked with a post hip hop. whatever that is, uh, called checks.
7: So
6: I'm afraid I'm a little out of my comfort zone in terms of um, uh, listening to his work uh, and what it's like. But I I get the drift. Um, I'm sure it's very good for people who like that, but I I won't necessarily be playing. I just want him to come back when when we get football back up and running, that he makes sure that he's been concentrating on defending because that's not been our strong point. Up until the lockdown, um, so um, I need Courtney to be concentrating on his defending skills rather than his musical skills. If that would, be, if that's all right, Courtney. <laughs> oh, yeah, what, what, so what I quite that? liked it.
4: Oh yeah, okay, I, yeah, I quite liked it as well. But the, um, <laughs> musically, Rupert, what's your thing? I just wonder, as an ex-military man, do you listen at home to a lot of marching music. <laughs>
6: yeah, well. I, uh, <laughs> No, no i'm not that that much of a nerd uh, no I, so no i my, i think you probably say I'm as bad as safe and as predictable as it could possibly get. I was back in the day an extremely bad uh player of records on british forces broadcasting so oh. um um hmm. i i i was definitely um but i used to play all that 80s stuff but in terms of um musical knowledge um my musical career as a uh, spinner of records was short-lived because um you had to quite like the music and uh, i wasn't necessarily um, au fait with i liked a bit of 80s but that's about where i'm stuck
2: the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast from talk sport
1: planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quinn's
3: and now
1: save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
2: The
5: Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. From Talk Sport. Now, I don't know if this is sport, but a Fox, not real Fox, scored an open, open, not an open goal, an home <laughs> goal after, oh God, I'm very rusty today. It's like I've had two days off and I can't even speak. It's because anyway, you've been playing you know, table changed. tennis constantly <laughs> for
4: 48 hours and you finally got 100 rally, you and the wife, you and Sue, you got 103. <laughs> we, we did.
5: It was tremendous, honestly, and uh, I'm delighted about it. The, the trouble is that, it, it, once you get to a high level like that 102 something was it, 92 <laughs> a high level you, you... Well, high level, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Higher than we started, which was about 20. Yeah. And the, 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 it takes long a long each time because you can't stop. You, you, and if when you fail, let's say we did a couple of 60s in this spell, and then it, it went wrong, and then you you think, oh, you know, I'm knackered. And Sue won't let me have a break. I said, can I have half time? I said, so. I'm absolutely exhausted. She said, no, no, let's keep going, keep going. So eventually, uh, we, you, as you say, we, we did keep going, and right at the end of the session, we broke our record and... Uh, in honor of that i made a little contribution to uh captain tom so of course you have to
4: don't you yeah
5: Oh, you do have to, really. And I was speaking to a friend of mine yesterday on a sort of joint call. He's, he's quite an important person in Hertfordshire politics, believe it or not. And he's been trying to get Captain Tom a knighthood. Seriously, he's been lobbying on Captain Tom's I don't think behalf. that'll be a tough but,
4: sell at the end of this, really. I think there's no, a I pretty good chance love, really. that'll
5: happen. <laughs> anyway, do you want to hear about this fox? A fox scored an own goal after getting tangled up in a football net yeah on a school playing field the animal was found sliding around in distress as onlookers moved closer to the goalposts but it was untangled by rspca staff animal collection officer anna glosier said the poor fox was well and truly stuck in the netting by his back legs and body although he didn't have any injuries he was extremely distressed i released him and he ran off like a rocket
4: to me that is sport i
5: don't know why well but you, there you, you go don't remember <laughs>
4: andy the story i told you i've told you this before I've told, i'm sure i've told it on air we had uh, we had two Foxes. So we had a lot of noise in our back garden. And my boys had a, when they were very young, had a five-a-side net in the goal. And two foxes who, who were at it, basically, two amorous oh. foxes, had got lost in the moment and had got caught up in the net. Wow. So, um, yeah, so. <laughs> You'd to I mean, see that now. <laughs> so That'd you're, you're claiming exciting. that? Yeah, that would be that would be live. BT cameras would be straight down. But I didn't know what to do because they were and They were clearly distressed, and um, yeah, well, uh, they were hoping to part after uh, yeah, and uh, but they couldn't. What did you do? They were stuck. Well, I was a you were like to, Fred Sirius on first dates. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was. Yeah. Uh, but no, I didn't know what to do. I was, I was getting close to ringing the RSPCA, and they got themselves out because I didn't want to. I didn't want to interrupt them, really. I mean, it, it seemed wrong. But uh, anyway, they got they got themselves free. But two of them, mate, that's better than that story. I should be in the papers with that. Anyway, let's move on. Let's go back to France. I did have another
5: animal story, but I'll come
4: back to it. Come back. You'll have plenty of time. Um, okay. let's have a bit of um, France 2016 we're going to take you back there i have been raiding the archives this was um, I think day two in Nice we went to Bordeaux and Nice uh, for our week over in the Euros in 2016 this is the way the show started probably I'm, I imagine reflecting on the day before and more here it all is should we go on a little tour of Nice? Oh, please, yes. I've, I've never been here before. I can't believe, having been around just just uh, this morning, that I haven't. It's a fantastic place. Yeah, I've
5: only been here for a night, a beautiful restaurant. Had a look around that square, but that's it. So this was a real
4: education for me, too. And uh, the uh, Nice Tourist Board have been uh, very accommodating. They sent one of their representatives to our hotel to meet us and take us on. Lovely of a, woman. Yeah, a bit of a walking tour of Nice. So come with us now, <laughs> around the streets of Nice. <laughs> Well, good morning from a uh, very sunny uh, Nice. We are heading for the Old Town. We'll be given a tour of... Uh the town by Caterina, uh, who's from uh, the Nice Tourist Office. She's a bit shy, isn't she, Andy?
5: She is. Uh, it's a lot of walking, so we spotted some segways yeah. which I wanted to use, but nobody would allow me to because it'd be too dangerous.
4: That's right, yeah. The world's worst driver on his own on something, saying sorry and ploughing through tourists. People who've come all this way from Belgium and Sweden to watch a game and are unable to go because they're in casualty. But yeah, Katerina won't be on today. She's, she's taking us around, but she she doesn't want to go on mic, which uh, we can understand. Not everybody wants to be, well, not everybody's good. a show off like you, Andy. No, We'll get it by the end, don't yeah, worry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> OK, uh, so we're into the Old Town. We've come to one of the main squares in Nice, the Plaza Masséna.
5: It's where the fan zone is, too, so I'm sure a lot of England fans will yeah. congregate here, and it's such a beautiful place, I hope they really do respect it.
4: Also, Caterina uh, was telling us about some of the big events they have here. And uh, uh, she was talking about the International Yoga Festival, but I thought she said the International Yogurt Festival. <laughs>
0: I'm not coming to that.
4: I thought we'd missed Yog-X 2016. I <laughs> was absolutely gutted. I oh, know. would have tried all the flavours. First time for me, but you've been here before. This kind of rings a bell, you say, yeah? dan <laughs> sorry,
5: yeah,
4: sorry. man on. <laughs> Yeah, that's i bringing back to football. Yeah, I've been
5: here once before, for a f- not for that long, for a day or so, but it's, it's a very beautiful place.
4: We're now in this amazing boulangerie called Our. It's a kind of historic place, isn't it?
5: It is. They're not allowed to... Uh, it's preserved. They're not allowed to change any yeah. part of the shop. There's a royal standard up here from Queen Victoria because apparently she came here with her driver yeah. and had a
4: cup of tea and it was all a bit... Uh... There was a few stories about her and the driver. I thought it was Mr Brown. Well, uh, he was up in Scotland, so she had one on the go in Scotland. Oh, she had one on the, the driver when she was over in France. Really Blimey. Victorian version of loose women. <laughs> Could be, yeah, well, we're not going to get put in the towel. For that, I slightly won't. Their, uh, their speciality, apparently, are the dried fruits. I'm interested in some dried fruit. and I'm a big fan, actually. But yeah, but just not, not straight after breakfast. Oh, all right. <laughs> So we've come into the uh, flower market, not the busiest day of the week for the flower market, or the market generally, we're told, but uh, it's, uh, quite a lot of people around. We've just seen, uh, you're quite taken with the flowering um, cactuses, cacti.
5: Yeah, flowering cactuses, and then, which I'd never seen before, Though you tell me you've got one from Mexico. got one in the kitchen. The flowers in your come kitchen. Come round my house, I gonna it... charge you 10 euros <laughs> entrance. <for it. laughs>
4: Now, we're obviously big uh, soccer fans. It wouldn't be here otherwise. We love soccer. Now, you're probably thinking, why they started calling it soccer? But uh, this is because uh, one of the national dishes of Nice is soccer. (laughs) S-O-C-C-O. Yeah.
5: And it's uh, chickpeas and... Some other stuff that she just told me about, I forgot. This
4: is basically a living, don't ask me. 30 seconds ago, Katarina talked Andy exactly through it, and all he can remember is chickpeas. It's only about three other ingredients. It wasn't like he was looking at the side of a packet. Amazing, <laughs> oh, really. But it looked, don't cough all into it either. Sorry, like to throw a whole batch away. comes in, it's like a giant pizza, isn't it? Yeah, I'd well, you know, say a giant pancake. Really. A
5: giant pancake. Oh eight seven very okay, well, flat. we we'll argue that. Through,
4: 08717, <laughs> the, what is it? Pizza or you a Do is a Twitter poll. <laughs> So, Andy, we're in front of this fantastic old building at the end of the market. You now know the history of it we're in Place Charles-Felix. Tell yeah, us about it. Yeah, this
5: was the house of Matisse. Uh, he, he lived on the, the famous artist. He lived on the third floor. Henri Matisse, not Ken, the plumber. No, Henri Matisse. <laughs> he came here. Uh, he wasn't feeling too well. He, he thought he was dying. He thought he'd come to Nice for a bit of fresh air, a bit of good weather. And he got here, and it was terrible. The weather was awful. How's your luck? He thought... As he probably said at the time, he, in Frank." He said, I'm still <laughs> feeling rubbish. I'm going home. And he opened the window... This
4: become one of those Tommy
5: with
4: you turn one way, you're the French artist. He, he opened the window. I'm not feeling too well. And he saw How are the... you feeling? Turn on the other side. I'm not good. And he opened the window. Oh, I'm not feeling. Yeah, he, opened, he opened the window. Yeah. Henri the... He opened the
5: window. Just like How do he open the window? Was it like that? Was he was. It like that? And, he market, and he saw the market and the beautiful blue sky, this view that we've got now, and he thought, yeah. you know what, I'm going to stay here. And he did, he lived here till he died about two days later. (laughs) (laughs) He lasted longer than two days. He did last longer than two
4: days. Fantastic, that's history brought to life there. Okay, little test for you, what's this sound? It's a (laughs) waterfall. Yeah, but you're standing in front of it, it wasn't for you, it was for the listeners. Yeah, thanks. I'm sure they were shouting that out anyway. Yeah, it was. It's a man-made waterfall, it's right uh, at the top here. Uh, in the park overlooking the city the botanical gardens
5: kind of a mixture of a man-made and a natural
4: well it's coming off of a local canal but effectively it's like the water feature in your garden the water is just recycled it's the same water cascading over and coming back round and being pumped up to the top again so I hope I've been taking all the romance out of it for <laughs> you basically it's like imagine like a really expensive water feature in your garden so there we are the conclusion of the tour back at the hotel we uh it's uh, 10 to 12 couple of hours till uh, we start the show been fantastic hasn't it yeah I- soft of feet, we've done a lot of walking
5: Yeah, it's been really beautiful, I should thank Caterina. Katerina, thank you, we can get you just to say
4: just a few words
8: It was a pleasure really to have you here and guys, come to Nice, it's the most beautiful city in the Mediterranean, we wait for you
4: You can't argue with that after the tour we've just done
2: The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport Sport. <laughs>
4: Well, me and Jacob's here on Sports and Afterlife returns to Netflix, the second season on uh, Friday, and it's a little flavour of uh, season two.
2: People think, all those things I miss doing with Lisa, I could just do them anyway. They're missing the point. I miss doing nothing with Lisa. Be strong. Everybody's struggling. It's not always their fault.
3: The last thing you should do is drink alone.
5: she
2: died everyone tried to help me and they sort of saved me i feel that i should help the people who helped me
4: so there we are back on uh, friday <coughs> for season two joining us now uh the actor who plays uh, lenny who's uh, tony's friend ricky's friend uh, in the series and the photographer at the gazette it's tony way good afternoon tony hello there how are you doing yeah, we're good. Thank you. Um, so, look, I, th- I think we'll, we'll kick off on the personal note. You've, you've become a dad in lockdown in the last couple of weeks, so congratulations. <laughs> I
3: have, yes. Thank you very much. I am actually it- um, talking to you from what was our office, which we've totally uh, converted into a, a nursery, which I've now had to very quickly convert back into an impromptu office for the day today.
4: <laughs> You'll have you'll have some great stories for your daughter when she gets older. I mean, you know, this these kind of lockdown births. What life life was like. She mm. probably won't believe you.
3: It's <laughs> very true. She's sort of he's only really seen me, her mum, and Mohammed, the DPD delivery driver. I think she might think <laughs> that he's like a distant uncle or something because they're you know, the only three faces she's really seen so far. But it's I mean, it's sort of what it's like. I think when you have a newborn anyway, is lockdown. So it's sort of like that plus Mm. at the moment for us here but we're quite enjoying it she's a delightful
5: and uh, of course we're all desperate for good things to watch in this period tony and Mm. i loved the first series of afterlife i think i'm a big fan of ricky anyway but i think it's the finest work he's ever done and it must have been a joy for you to be in it
3: it was absolutely yeah it's such a fun job um just um the cast alone you know everyone on that job is lovely ricky's great um, the subject matter, although at times dark and sad, it's still very funny and it's certainly a lot of fun and there's a lot of laughter on set. and it's too much sometimes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it seems to have gone down really well. We're really pleased about that. It was a big surprise when it, the reaction it got, just people on the street stopping, stopping me and saying, you know, how much they loved it. That doesn't happen very often. Often it's the opposite. They want to tell you how bad they thought something was.
4: Do people actually do that? do people stop you on the street and tell you how bad you were in something? That would be a bit much. Mm. Wouldn't it? <laughs> That's not
3: good. It's never that. Um, it's never that upfront. But sometimes people stop you and go, "Oh, you're in that thing," and then they oh, yeah. pause and go, "Yeah, I didn't like that." <laughs> and they Can't help <laughs> themselves.
4: <laughs> your your pieces. Oh, god. We're all talking. We're all doing well here. Sorry, okay. we're all we're all on slight delays. I was going to say that because uh, Ricky obviously has a, a lot of control over the. The project as he does many of his projects he has this kind of little repertory company of people that he trusts so you mentioned the other cast and ashley jensen's in this you're in it you're in extras with him uh, not in extras in um yeah you were in extras, I was in extras. Yeah, yeah that's right dave, dave Earle, david hill uh and joe wilkinson and people like that he goes back to people he trusts and he likes working with which i suppose is, is understandable but not all sort of actors and writers get that luxury do they have kind of having a bit more control over the cast
3: Absolutely. I mean, he has. There's people he's worked with loads, like you say, Ashley and, and me, and me, like Joe Hartley. who was in Life on the Road, and he knows most of the people he's casting, and he casts them to parts he knows they'll be right for. There's no huge transformation, I don't think, for any of the actors. Into, you know, it's not like I've suddenly got to beef up and become an action man. I am cast as, you know, the bloke that likes donuts and sitting down and having a beer um but i think that you have to be someone like ricky to get a yes from all of those people it's quite hard to get you just mentioned the cast it's like it's ridiculous um uh, and they could all every single one of those people a lot of them do have their own sitcoms of their own and to come and do a part on that i don't think there's many people other than ricky that could probably get everyone to say yep all right and it's not just because he's famous and ricky and well known it's because he's nice to work with as well you know it's you know you can have a fun time as well and what you make is going to be sort of worthwhile at the end of it i think
5: yeah and you mentioned that uh, of course it does have a very dark side uh, this show no question but your bits in the show are generally on the lighter side aren't they because you're (laughs) often accompanying him to go and interview these terrible people who are desperate to get in the local paper with mad stories so at least for you most of it is on the lighter side isn't it
3: a lot of it is yes. There's a few moments where it delves, and it's. I think it's quite good at showing, you know, most of their time is yeah. Them mocking, or not mocking, but you know, sort of wryly smiling at these sort of characters in the town that, are, as you say, desperate to get in the local paper and they're, they're everything from people that who think their baby looks like Hitler to someone that receives that thinks um, uh, they've got a stain on the that looks like Kenneth Branner. In this series, there's a, good, there's a really good selection. There's a guy that has been posting his letters into a dog poo bin instead of a post box, and that's brilliant. Steve Spears, he's so funny, and uh, Holly Dempsey playing a woman who's addicted to plastic surgery. I mean, all of those in themselves are quite could be quite dark subjects, but mm. they're uh, they're done with a lot of humour. And then there's bits where Ricky does. Uh, when Tony and Lenny do have a little bit of a more serious chat. And it's quite um, familiar to me what it's like when a couple of sort of working-class blokes who don't normally share their feelings, it's its the same sort of reaction you get. Your, you you know very well. It's two blokes not really knowing what to say, but a little pat on the back and uh, then another joke is normally the way forward. Yeah. And that's, that really reminds me of, you know, a lot of friendships I've got, you know, blokes aren't so good at sharing that sort of stuff always. We should be, I think, mm. but, um, yeah, I think no, I know we know what try saying. and capture that.
4: We, we've seen a fair few of sort of Ricky's uh, outtakes reels over the years from his different projects. I know that uh, he, he can go. He's a bit of a giggler. I mean, what are you like <laughs> in that situation? Um, uh, do you, do you tend to corpse a bit, Tony, or are you
3: pretty good at uh, keeping it together? I'm dreadful. I, <laughs> it, it takes very little to set me off. Um Ricky said this before, proximity is a big factor. If someone's a bit too close mm. and they're doing something funny, that really gets me. If they're sort of getting in and their their face is a bit too close to yours, that I find really hard to not giggle. Um, but Ricky will giggle even when he's not in the scene. He'll be in another room with headphones looking at a camera. There's a scene with me and Joe Hartley that... Um, how can I put it? It's an intimate scene yes. in this series coming up. It's very funny. We were struggling as it was to not laugh. We were laughing a lot. Just as we'd got a handle on it, you suddenly hear <laughs> from the corner of the room. And you look over <laughs> and there's Ricky hijacking the shot by accident. But, you know, it's funny. If if we're all finding it funny, that's got to be good, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so, um,
4: it's back on Friday. Just uh, away from the show, uh, as, we, as it is talk sport, uh, uh, mm. are you a sports fan, football fan, etc.?
3: I'm, uh, I'm a season ticket holder of West Ham, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, so I don't know if that means I'm a sports fan. I'm not depending on other things. <laughs> uh, it's been a, a, a bumpy ride. Um, but, yeah, I love going there. We get, I go with my dad. So it's really nice. It's sort of the, the. It's rarely this season been about the football at West Ham, but the the day out, I'm missing that slightly. I meet up with my dad or my mm. uncle, whoever is mm. coming along. We have a pint or a pie and a nice chat and watch the football. Mm. And if you're lucky, there's a bit of a bit of a, a celebration at the end. But more often than not this season, it's been a sort of working. i try to work out why, but it's. Um, I, I love it. Yeah, yeah. we have been a season ticket holder for a while now.
4: I think that's a good point, actually, Tony, that's is great. that I think people are, maybe they're not missing the football as much as they thought, but they're missing the routine, they're missing meeting the people yeah. they meet, having a pint, the social aspect of it, that's so I think you, you take for granted how much of an uh, integral part of watching it, watching football live that is.
3: Yeah, absolutely, it's a, once a fortnight you get to meet up with people you don't necessarily see all the time. Hmm. Um Everyone works so hard, don't they? And they're always busy doing other stuff. That it's yeah. But for me, it's like a nice time to see my dad and or my uncle or a mate if they can't go. And you know, it's it's a it's a reason to meet up and it and have a uh, an, an, uh, uh, and then go and watch yeah. a bit of football, which we love as well. But um, yeah, I've I've had some lovely times over there, and even more setups and parking in the past. But it wasn't always because of the wind. It was often because of the wind yeah. so that would normally make you happy. But often it's you know the laugh you've had around it and the the pub after or, or whatever or the journey to and from but um sadly i think we were starting to look all right west ham before the uh the break was enforced i thought we were picking up but
4: yeah you got everybody yeah, back they're... you had antonio back and he was he was looking sharp again it was all
5: yeah but they'll yeah. all be fit they'll all be fair be like yeah. the start well, of the season yeah. again
3: tony you'll be fine west ham, west ham are very good at um getting injured even when we're not playing so let's see we'll see about <laughs> yeah. that one but i think we'll be all right um I mean, I don't know where, how it's all going to pan out. It depends how long this goes on for, I suppose. But uh, it's, I think we would do it. I'd, I'd happily take it as it stands at the moment, obviously. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you,
5: you, and, you and Karen Brady, but that's good. Yeah, yeah that's okay,
3: sure. Karen Brady and every Liverpool fan. Yeah. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> Tony, tricky. good to talk to you. Appreciate <laughs> Tony, it. Thanks, thanks very much for joining
4: us. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. Tony Wade the actor who uh, <clears throat> plays Lenny in Afterlife and uh, season two back <clears throat> on Netflix this Friday.
5: Yeah, he makes a good point there, doesn't he, I think, about that. I mean, I, that's often I say that to my son, I say the best bit about this is meeting you, having lunch. The worst bit about it is the actual football. Yeah, I mean no, not, I
4: agree. You know, especially if you're losing. But, uh, yeah, no, so uh, good point there. Paul in Mitchum's been in touch, Andy, before we head off to the news and sports headlines. Uh, he said, yeah, I heard you in France 2016, and uh, you're in Nice there, also in Bordeaux. And uh, every time uh, I, I hear Bordeaux these days, I tend to think of this uh, famous clip involving Mr. Mike Parry. I think we have it.
0: Who came runners up to Lyon in the French League last season and are now in the Champions League? I take a stab and say Bordeaux, Mike. Bordeaux, as in the tapestry? Yeah. Yeah. Don't think so. Yeah.
5: Famous Bordeaux I asked Jamie to line that clapper clap the clip. I can't even say the word. <laughs> it's not being it's able not to say bad. the word clip. It's got to be got to be a clip. Yeah, and, uh, it's true. The famous bio tapestry. It's the fact of the day in uh, in the Star. Yeah. The famous bio tapestry is not actually a tapestry. Okay. It's what an it? embroidery. It's an okay. embroidery. And it's Bayer, uh, not
4: Bio. <laughs> bio tapestry. Bayer. Is, is it Bayer?
5: Bayer. Bio. bio. I
4: No, it's not bio, that's washing powder.
5: (laughs) I always call it bio. I've always called it
4: the bio. As in the washing powder, yes? (laughs) Yes. Uh, Three clips in one, Andy, you've given us there.
5: (laughs) It's stitched and not woven. Thank Ah, you. Okay, you are. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. From Talk Sport. Sporting cancellations are causing lots of problems, as you can imagine, but uh, strawberries grown for Wimbledon before it was cancelled are being sent to shops by Kent suppliers, Hulot Farms. And um, if it does go well, he's planning a nice vacation in France. Yes, Monsieur Hulot's holiday. Thank you.
4: Blimey. a <laughs> very bit niche. That's nice. <laughs> I thought it was. Now, I liked it. it. made me laugh. <laughs> you, say, you, you said you've been putting a bit of weight on Andy uh, in oh, lockdown. God. Is this right? Yeah. I have,
5: yeah, definitely. Uh, looking a bit porky, and uh, I think next week we're going to try. Well, this week's plan is to eat all the food we've got without ordering any more because we we just got too much. So we're not buying any food. We're just gonna <laughs> so the plan plow this week, week to lose
4: through. weight is to eat a lot of food. <laughs> That's right.
5: So yeah. next week's the diet plan. Next week's the diet plan, and we'll see what happens. I've got and, a uh, tip for you. I've got a tip. Oh, this, yeah.
4: is from, um, this is from this is from Ann Rigby. Right, who I don't know where she's oh, yes. from. Uh, she's fifty-nine. A, I can tell you that. Sounds like you know her. <laughs> she is. She was in the papers. She's shed five yeah. stone. That's a five, yeah, blimey, she, that's a lot. You don't lose five stone, do you? But uh, five <laughs> you stone. Not really. No. Um, uh, s- there. She's, she's stone. <laughs> swapped chocolate for sprouts. That's what it is. is she she yeah. said, "I used to uh, eat uh, six family-sized bars of chocolates or a bag of revels, but these days she goes for uh, she'll have a sprout. She'll pop a sprout instead of a Malteser." And she claims, actually, said she can eat 50 in one day, 50 sprouts in one day. And um, she said she's avoided the windy side effects, apparently. She said if you eat plenty of greens, you don't <laughs> suffer anything embarrassing. But, uh, so if you're both eating them, it wouldn't matter anyway. That's but there we are, Sprout, Sprouts <laughs> for rebels, Andy, true. your new book. <laughs> that's Give clearly not
5: true, that theory. And uh, talking of vegetables, I was reading about the former Argentina goalkeeper, Carlos Aroa, Who's uh, spoken about the chance? He, how he rejected the chance to join Manchester United because he thought the end of the world was nigh. Oh. He of, yes, he was a devout Seventh Day Adventist, so he retired from football because he believed in a prediction that the world was about to end. Uh, the man nicknamed Lettuce because of his strict vegan diet. That's a footballer thing. Isn't it? But it was a, a vegetarian, so all the other players called him Lettuce. Yeah.
4: Well, if you're tall, you're called Rodney. If, you're, if you've if got a GCSE woodwork, you're the prof. And uh, that's that's the way yeah. it tends to work in football, doesn't it? Chris Nash, who we spoke to on the show, the Notts, uh opener, he's mm-hmm. been on great form on social media. He's just been sort of tweeting about what he would have been doing at this stage of the season. And he, he was oh, back yeah. on Twitter the other day. He said, would have been at Durham on Sunday. That was the uh, Sunday before. Um, he said, uh, the pre-match routine, lovely prawn mayo sandwich and some Percy pigs on the way up. Then straight to Wagamamas for three starters and a main. Uh, and he says, yes, I'm really missing the cricket season. It doesn't sound like he's missing the cricket. He's missing all <laughs> the stuff around the cricket, by the sound of yeah, it. Yeah, well, that, that's
5: what we said before earlier. That was on on Saturday night when they showed that old match of the day uh, from the last a very controversial game, which no one, they didn't even mention, which was strange. It's one of the most controversial games in football history for what it led to, Everton 3, Wimbledon 2, mm. of course. And and But David and Frank actually present, you know, co-presenting with Dez yeah. on what was basically, the last day of the season you, you i mean however funny they are and they are it, it, that would never happen now it seems well it seems inconceivable to me i was really surprised to see them on that day doing that show but there you yeah, go yeah
4: that's very true uh, anything else?
5: Um, yes, I have. Bosses at the FA have been blasted for shooting up to 60 geese to stop them fouling the pitches at the England team's HQ, and people are not happy about it. And amongst those who are concerned, a former American coach and World Cup player, Jeff Agus. He's yeah. <laughs> not really happy about it That's really nice. <laughs> oh, I'm yes. suffering from no.
4: a – I'm not going to get me blunderbuss <laughs> out, but I am suffering a sort of similar problem at the moment. Not geese, but we've got a couple of wood pigeons nesting in a tree in our garden. And, mm. um, I mean, the garden can be a bit of a going to, the Garden can be a a bit of a minefield at times because we've got a dog. And so you have to go out there on a fairly regular basis and, yeah, yeah. and sort that out. But these pigeons, they're, they're big. I mean, they're not goose-like, but they're big. And because <coughs> they're living here, they're effectively living in the tree and just flying about the garden all the time. They're leaving <laughs> deposits all over the grass. And, of course, you can't reverse bag that guano, <laughs> can you? That's a long process. Oh, no, that's, but that's, it's not great when you're stepping in it's not pleasant. So, uh, anyway, I, I'm not getting the blunderbuss out of the wood, I, I'm very pleased they're there. They're lovely. <laughs> you, they love, well, you like a bit of nature.
5: But talking of dogs, who was it I saw this morning that somebody got a fine because their dog wasn't wearing a seatbelt? Hey? Who was it?
4: Oh, Helena Helena Bonham Bonham Carter. Carter. This cry from the back there from uh, Britain's number number one table tennis player. That's right. (laughs) Helena Bonham Carter dog got a ticket because it didn't have a seatbelt on. Let alone
5: Helena Bonham Carter's dog. Helena Bonham Carter's dog. Uh, Basically, yes, her cockapoo Pablo did not appear to be wearing a seatbelt. Helena, 53, Princess Margaret in the ground. Helena, <laughs> Bayer and Helena. Well, if you take nothing away from the show today, you can have those two for nothing.
4: <laughs> Helena Bottom Carter.
5: Um, hold on. We're a Helena, fifty-three. Who cares? Oh, yeah. Princess Margaret in the Crown. All oh, right. Yes. Yeah, so in what? Hampstead, North London. <laughs> Drivers risk a five thousand pound fine for careless driving and having their insurance invalidated if they fail to put a seat belt back, sorry, seat belt on
4: their dog. I never knew that. Do um, I, no. The dog's in the back with a, sort of, a bit of fencing up, a bit of uh, a, a gate. So yeah. well, She doesn't need to sit. Well, I, I'm working on that base. I'm to get a five-gram fine. Anyway, we'll move on. Um, let's bring you striker. This is uh, part 18. Uh, Ian Dantra is bringing it to life brilliantly, as he always does. And uh, it's written by Steve Bruce, the Newcastle manager, one of three books he wrote back in the late 90s. And it tells the story of Steve Barnes, and uh, you know, no connection of course, the Ledesford town manager, who uh, is, is really in the class at the moment because he's been found standing over the body of his star striker with a knife in his hand. And the police are getting pretty heavy duty, as you can imagine. Um, so uh, let's give you a bit of a flavor of what's happened so far.
8: The police might be reassuring and polite, but the fact remained, that I'd been with Duffy earlier in the morning and I'd been caught with a knife in my hand. I could imagine the pleasure that Eddie Carberry would get from this version of events. You're not being as helpful as I expected, Steve, Shannon said. Am I under arrest? Not yet, Sergeant Wooderson said, and there was menace in his voice. Your assistant, Eddie Carberry, did you see him this morning? Not till after the killing, but you did see Pat Duffy, Shannon said. You saw Duffy earlier this morning. There we are, yeah, Duffy, the the late Duffy.
4: Um, So let's get you into part 18 then with uh, Dance as Steve Bruce. Take it away.
8: Why, when you play away, do you travel a day before the match? Shannon asked, and I could tell he was asking out of interest, and not because he's a copper. We could travel on Saturday, but I find getting together at a hotel with a swimming pool Allows me to relax the lads in many ways. Relaxed, Shannon said. I would have thought you wanted to fire them up. The secret is to keep it simple, I said, like Cluffy. Cluffy, Sergeant Wooderson said. The famous manager, I told him. Derby County and Knott's Forest. And no, I've not read that wrong. That's how I wrote it. Knott's Forest. Deal with it. His aim was always to keep things simple, whether coaching, fitness regimes, tactics, keep it simple and keep the ball on the ground. I've always been led to believe he was rude, defensive and a bit of a megalomaniac, Shannon said. Do you take Brian Clough as your role model? Certainly not, I snapped. I was becoming tired of all this questioning. What worked for Brian Clough all those years ago might not work for me. Lettersford isn't Nottingham, and I'm not Brian Clough. But you admire him, Shannon probed. In some ways, yes, he redefined the skills of football management. He collected enough silver to prove over and over again that his methods worked for him. They wouldn't work for me. I'm a different person. Finally, Shannon stood up and Widdowson followed suit. Where can we interview Eddie Carberry? Shannon asked. He has his own office, I said. As large and as well appointed as this one, Shannon asked with a smile much smaller, I said. His smile made me feel more relaxed. Both the room itself and the desk he sits at. You don't like Eddie Carberry, do you? Wooderson said. I don't like him, I don't dislike him. Outside of the club, well, we're not friends. Who are your friends? Chief Inspector Shannon asked. In this business it's often hard to know, I replied. Who do you mix with socially? Shannon was moving to the door but it was clear that the questioner was not finished these guys knew how to put a man off guard So there we are, one well, of the plot thickens, Ooh, and it's true, it's, it's not Nottingham
4: Forest fan, they go on Knott's Watch, they don't like Knots Forest, and the fact that it was in Steve's book, and uh, that would be, he's not going to get the Forest job anytime soon, <laughs> and there's an odd line of questioning, wasn't it, from uh, from the, yeah. the policeman there, like, to play on the fact, George, you think you're a bit, I mean, Brian Clough didn't kill anybody, it was an <laughs> artist,
7: what's he trying, what's he caring? do you model
4: yourself on Brian Clough? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, true. Talking of which though, Andy, I watched, um, last night I watched uh, the Damn United, which I had, I couldn't believe it was too 2009 when it came out and the last time I saw it was at mm-hmm. the screening that we went to before my mm-hmm. machine came in to the studio on the show to talk to us about it I forgot what a good film it was and what a brilliant performance that is you know it was just it's it's well worth watching again if, if you haven't seen mm-hmm. it since it came out treat yourself it's a, it's a sensation You've got a great cast it's very very good it is
5: brilliant. It, it, I always feel, though, the fact that the family hated it so much slightly casts a, a sort of suspicion. Yeah. I mean, I think they had a bit it. more of a problem
4: with David Peace's book, um, I suppose, and subsequently mm. the film, didn't they? Um, this comes from somebody's going to give me a bit of. I said we've got these wood pigeons in the garden, but I quite like them. But uh, Rajesh says, uh, "My missus says put a realistic fake owl or hawk on the shed to scare them away." But <laughs> where, put. Their and where will there, you buy then? that from? Well, I. T- <laughs> Probably like, going to get a realistic what? fake out? D- during the travel on Amazon, I'll, I'll be on the internet. I bet you I can find one in seconds. Um, oh, I probably have one here by about 9 o'clock tomorrow morning, <laughs> should I want one. Rajesh, thank you very much for that. Um, still to come then. Uh, Mike Wall with a pick of the, the TV. Uh, Paul Turner over in Spain. That's coming up shortly. I'm off to have a look at Amazon. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. And as I thought, I could have uh, hundreds of fake, howls here, uh, fake owls here tomorrow morning uh, to scare <coughs> off the wood pigeons. Um, many with heads that rotate like the exorcist and that go um, woo-hoo, according to the sound effect. that woo Woohoo! For un- yeah, woohoo! hoo um, For under 15 <laughs> quid. Um, also, by the way, uh, some advice from people in the game. They say if you want to get rid of birds with a plastic owl, uh, place the owl in a tree or uh, another natural setting. Owls don't like to be seen. So the sight of one perched on a ledge or rooftop is a dead giveaway. I can see the two pigeons saying, look at that, he's having a on. That's a dead giveaway. That's
5: Yeah, that's what happens. The uh, decoys do work for a while. Hmm. Generally, the birds catch on. So you, you, basically, you, you've got to sort of move it about a bit.
4: Yeah. Probably get two or three. Otherwise, they get used to it. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Until it becomes it's a, a major problem. Major problems. <laughs> I think I'll leave it. Anyway, yeah. uh, let's head over to Spain. We uh, checked in with Paul Breen Turner, a commentator, a friend of the show, pundit, of course, probably about three or so weeks ago when we more or less first went into lockdown. And uh, times are really, really tough uh, in Spain. Of course, in Spain, they've not been able to get out uh, at all. Paul's locked down uh, on his uh, boat. And uh, we're going to catch up with him now. Good afternoon, Paul.
0: Yeah. Hi, boys. Always good to speak to you.
4: Good to talk to you. Now, the word is Mm. coming out of Spain that um, things are slowly starting to improve. Is that your understanding?
0: Yeah. Well, we've had 200,000 cases of the coronavirus and over 20,000 deaths to date. I mean, horrific. And it sounds crazy that when you talk about less than 400 deaths in a day it's a reason to be cheerful or positive. It just doesn't feel right. But that's where we're going. So, you know, we were at Figures of 1, a um, 1,200, but uh, we're down to uh, yesterday. In the last twenty-four hours, we're told by the government uh, there were four hundred deaths. So it looks, hopefully, as if the curve uh, we've gone from the top and we're now heading down the other side. Fingers crossed.
4: So, are you? Are you, are you hold on. sorry, Paul. I'm just saying. What's your current situation? What's your situation? Uh, so
0: I'm, I'm, I'm in Spain. I'm looking. Uh, so I'm on my boat, and just to give you a bit of a vision of it. For those of you who don't know, it's 12 metres long, four metres wide. And I'm 300 metres from the famous rock of Gibraltar, looming out in front of me here. I'm in a little marina here, West so little. It's called Alcadesa Marina. Luckily, it's well protected from the elements. And we're about uh, 78 to 80 people. There's 600 boats in here. We're we're nearly 80 people all trapped uh, on board because of the lockdown. And we're not allowed to go on each other's boats for a drink, we're not even allowed to walk along the pontoon to have a conversation with somebody on another boat. That's how strict it is. And the police come in here and patrol uh, six times a day. The security is very, very strict. And I, I have to say, this is a, a lot different to the lockdown that I've seen you guys experience in, in the UK.
5: Yeah, that, that's possibly true. Uh, what about f- supplies, though? How do you how do you get food and presumably you're allowed off the boat for that or does somebody
0: come, come around with them? <laughs> Do you know what, Andy, we decided, uh, we, we made a decision, we formed a Facebook group, a private one, for people trapped on board, and that's the way we communicate with each other. And we decided we didn't want to support, we didn't want to go take the risk of going out to supermarkets because you mix with more people, the marina's well closed off from the town, no one's coming in. So we contacted a few local businesses rather than the multinationals, because you can imagine they're all in absolute disarray and, and desperation, and uh, between all of us, nearly all of us, we've managed to um, uh, get deliveries here every second day from fishmongers, from uh, butchers and fruit and veg and, and things like Oh, and, uh, um, I must confess, uh, wine and beer as well. Um, <laughs> oh, good. <and> you can't <laughs> have goodness. a captain without his rum, can you? So, <laughs> Not um, really, There. No. Yeah, so we've managed to do a good thing in a, in a bad situation by supporting the local businesses. So in the, the town of La Lina, which is not a particularly rich town in Spain. They, they've been very grateful for the business. And actually we've made like national Spanish TV have been following our story. And, uh, and, and obviously it was a, a no brainer to come on and, and give you guys an update on, on how we're living it here. But we're told they might, they might just slacken some of the rules next week and the kids will be able to go out supervised uh, with their parents, you know, for an hour a day and things like that. But, but, but this has been, wow i've never seen anything like this this has been really really serious
4: i suppose you can't you couldn't sail off paul could you elsewhere because no probably no other nobody else would take you in at the moment any other yeah. port?
0: The, 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 it's a good question paul and the only way you you're allowed to be at sea now sailing is if you are en route to your home port that is the only way well i you know i've kind of got a long-term contract where i am here so I'm not allowed to go out for a day's sail or anything. But I have seen the odd boat come in. And um, they they have to uh, tie up and the police are called. They're not allowed off the boat. Supplies will be delivered to them. And then they can stay here just to refuel and then head to wherever their home port is. A lot of boats are heading to Greece uh, from France. But uh, no, we're, we're, we're unfortunately not sailing. And um, I sent a photograph to your, your uh, social media account and mm. I made a little... A little agreement that I wouldn't shave until the uh, at the end of the lockdown, uh, and that's turned out to be a bit of a mistake actually because I'm I'm looking a bit like <laughs> Ro- Robinson Crusoe in my evenings. My, yeah. The highlight of my day is watching Andy Jacobs playing table tennis with his wife.
4: <laughs> Blimey, I mean, he's come to that. It <laughs> oh,
0: has, and he broke the record bad. the other day. I was so excited, I was they running did. around <laughs> the boat. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> that's ridiculous.
5: I mean, they've really come but, uh, on a lot, haven't
0: uh, they? Amazing,
5: absolutely amazing. Oh, that's very sweet of you. But uh, I was saying to you last week, we were in touch, Paul, and I was watching uh, La Liga TV, and it was an old game from 2007, uh, a classic. And you were commentating and doing a fantastic job, doing the whole ninety minutes on your own and everything. And uh, I'd forgotten—I shouldn't say this to you, but i have forgotten what a good commentator you are. And uh, <laughs> you, you must be
0: missing football as well. Isn't it nice? We're all nice to one another now, aren't we? Normally we'd we'd be, you know, we'd be having seriously hard banter and we're all blowing kisses at one another. It was very, very kind of you to say that. I do miss my football. Um, those were the glory days commentating on, on that Liga, which obviously there's no football anywhere taking taking place. And even in Gibraltar, uh, where they have their own league and they now play World Cup qualifiers and European, that's all been stopped as well. So... The only good thing is as you get older, your memory gets worse, doesn't it, guys? So if you're watching a replay of a football mm. match, you've probably <laughs> forgotten what happened. You know?
3: So you can watch true, it again as if it's live
0: too. again, which is, not a bad, which is not a bad thing. But boy, oh boy, are we just hoping to, to get out of this and to see it soften a bit because the cops, rightly so, they're, they're doing their job. And it, I wasn't here when this was a dictatorship uh, in the mid-'70s. Before the death of Franco, and I've seen some people, Spanish, are complaining that it's returning to that. The police are very strict. You know, anybody on the street at night is going to get into serious trouble. It's not a good time to be a robber, I can tell you. If, you, if you're a thief, this is not, this is not for you. This is this is a, a difficult time, but we seem to be heading in the right direction, and uh, and hopefully we can we can pull through. And you know you know what it's done. This has shown the real good in people. And unfortunately, in some, it's shown the worst. You you can't hide in a situation like this. This shows the real best and the real worst of people. And fortunately, most of what we're seeing, not just here in Spain, but I think in the UK as well, we're seeing a lot of good from people, a lot of good people caring about others and and, and wanted to help each other. And and, and that's what it's about. It's, It's always one day more, but one day less. That's our kind of motto Mm. Here, when we go out at eight o'clock in the evening and, and applaud on our boats every single day, we do that. Wow. We applaud the medicals, uh, the, the medical services who are working so hard. And actually, it's it, I think it's for us as well. I think you know we stand out on our boats, and I've got a guy I can talk to him. He's about forty meters away from me, and we just applaud one another. It sounds simple. It sounds a bit stupid, but it means something. Mm.
4: Just a final one, Paul, on the That's football. The talk of Pjanic and Sanchez going back to Italy, they're tentatively looking at coming back. We know Germany are a fair old way down the road to coming back. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I see Sociedad tried to start training last week, didn't they? And they were told by the Spanish government that they couldn't. So um, you're a ways off of that, I think, aren't you?
0: I, I think we're a long way from that. And if you consider they have looked at a Valencia Champions League game as, as being one of the probable or probable areas of it arriving from Italy. And then they looked at Liverpool, Atletico Madrid, that game at Anfield. So I think they're going to be incredibly careful. And uh, there's talk of behind closed doors, but even behind closed doors, you've got all these players coming into contact with one another and all the media need to cover it. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of talk, but, um, I don't think we're going to see action, unfortunately for, for such a long time now. And, um, and it's something that we all miss very much. But uh, life, I'm sure, will we'll go on and, um, and we're going to get through this. The
2: Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport.
4: Anyway, Andy, in the meantime, man, you've got a minute. You've got a minute to wow us all. I've got you? a minute. You don't have to. Oh, think, sensation. Well, have to. I mean, I thought, no, no,
5: lie. I will do. And I, because it's a very interesting thing there that, uh, well, there's two things. Have you seen this new wave of slang that's been inspired by COVID-19? So apparently, the only one I really like, most of them are rubbish, but the virus is called the Miley Cyrus, which I thought was actually quite clever. Oh, okay. Rhyming. I've got the old
4: Miley. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's 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 interesting.
5: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. The rest of it's not that great. And um, what is it? Paul Breen Turner there talking about the way people are in this and, and people will remember this and some of the you know it's so important to get your PR right I mean Chelsea have done a brilliant job I'm really proud of my club for what they've done mm. and now the players have agreed to take a, a, a wage cut Frank Lampard's taking a wage cut as well as all the stuff that Roman Abramovich has done but other people you know they, they don't seem to be thinking it through I mean the story yesterday about Victoria Beckham and basically furloughing her staff and you think yeah, I get the idea that your business is a limited company; it's separate away from you and your three hundred and thirty-five million, or whatever you've got. But in the end, it's a bad look, isn't it? it mm. You just PR-wise, I just think sometimes people. Spurs did the about turn; they were right to do that because sometimes you know it's not just about the finance; it's about how people look at you after all this is over. It's a very important, you know, in the way that you behave. While this is on. So, again, I'm not going to go into a long thing, about it, but the Duke and Duchess of Sussex and the stuff they came up with this morning. It's the same thing. It just looks so bad. You know, you'd be, just be better off not doing that. But there you go. That, that's me. Andy,
4: the Times, uh, I've got something for you. The Times have decided to look at the words um, that have been very popular in uh, national newspapers. Uh, certain words and phrases have had a massive sort of spike during the pandemic i think unprecedented probably, unprecedented has gone through the roof uh, there was 400 before this 490 mentions of that word now there's been 2450 uh, hmm. other words ramp up has been has ramped up uh, obviously yes. pandemic has, has been the, the big uh, the big one uh, nhs yes. has been featuring a lot isolated um, hmm. crisis lockdown uh, and, and the and the phrase the government would give us saving lives staying at home. The ones apparently that we've not been saying much of, which has fallen you know, literally fallen off a cliff. Brexit. No one's talking about that anymore. <laughs> oh, I uh, see, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're the words, so someone's actually but it's, it's not a great surprise that uh, uh, unprecedented has uh, has gone through the roof or, or not as the case may be. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talksport.
2: Don't
3: ask me to leave it out.
4: We've got to be quick. Five questions based on last week's shows. Uh, Andy, you've, you've had the running orders sent to you every day, but you're not going to cheat. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking you in the eye at the moment. You promise you won't cheat? I promise I won't cheat. Okay. see oh, my hands. I won't Don't touch worry.
5: my keyboard. Look, there we okay.
4: Go. Uh, what was the name of the show which featured um, Michael Sheen as Chris Tarrant we watched last week? Oh, quiz! Quiz. Well done. That's right. Uh, okay, another question uh, for you. Uh, we had racing last week from uh, Happy Valley. We also had racing from elsewhere with Rupert Bell. Where?
5: Oh no, it wasn't Chartin, was it? It was the other one. It was. Uh, it was the Arnos Pobly. <laughs> Which country? I the country. I need Sweden. Oh, Sweden. I thought you wanted the, cor- the, whole, the
4: actual course. Who told us about his positivity podcast last week? positive uh paul mckenna paul mckenna blimey you're on fire he got two more to go uh okay uh mark bircham joined us he is locked down currently where oh i know that bahamas no he's left the bahamas he's in oh tampa. no he was in tampa Ooh, oh i got him and finally we talked about italy brazil in 1982 <laughs> at the world cup uh which club stadium did that game take place in when we did our sporting memory session Espanol I Espanol think. Well done Oh it was yeah. Birch's temper question oh, That did for Oh no you. Unlucky So close Anyway uh, <laughs> Thanks for coming This afternoon We're back tomorrow From one uh, Have a fine evening Keep safe Up next As always Goffy and Adrian would Drive
5: uh, He didn't get it right And he called himself Unlucky <laughs> 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 you got it wrong it's not bad luck it's bad yeah, well, memory well that's true well that's true I can't disagree with her
2: I am also enjoying the table tennis so keep it up uh, absolutely love it the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport
4: here we are that was this afternoon's show very unlucky but don't ask me oh that's easy the Bahamas you said I thought i have sucked him in I mean, ah, annoying yeah.
5: but never mind no, keeps it going
4: Okay, um, we'll do it all again tomorrow from 1. Uh, keep safe. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the
2: Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport.
1: A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable